AutoZone.com for same-day store pickup or free next-day delivery. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. It is our number two of the Sports Hangover. Welcome. 800-998-1003. As it is, you know, the midway, mid, let's try that again. Midway point of your work week. Goodness, couldn't get out of my mouth. Uh Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. It's hump day. Hump day. I know you can hear me. Let's just boop it. Today's more that what that Campbell Wednesday update. It is head coach Sean of the Payton. He has spoken this morning and he has given his team the day off. Normally on Wednesdays to get back at it, but he said, "Hey, probably he needs to find out who's coming back before we can really start game planning and doing all those different aspects of it." We can talk Saints. Still, the latest from the Panthers. They're having COVID issues. Words of wisdom. To all the ladies. And forever. December 29th, got two more days until New Year's Eve, and you will have the college football playoff semifinals. I will ask you tomorrow to give me your picks. An all-SEC final, is it going to be Georgia, Bama, is it going to be Michigan? And could Cincinnati pull off the upset? Love to hear from you. 800-998-1003. Buddy, back over the LaRose studios. will take your phone calls. He'll say hola to you. If you want to chime in and talk about what you saw last night over at the Smoothie King Center as Herb Jones, Garrett Temple, fueling the Pelicans to a victory. Another one. Garrett, shooter. Shooter indeed. Five three-pointers in the fourth quarter alone. And then, of course, you had Herb Jones just absolutely um, putting on a performance last night here in New Orleans. Takes it to the backcourt as Graham recovers. Ten seconds left on the shot clock. Twenty on the game clock. Gets a Herb Jones screen. Now bounce back to Herb. Herb left side. Oh, look out, Herb. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Rumble, young man. Right down the middle. Two-hand flush for Herbert Jones, 58-48. Ten seconds left. Cavs will have the last possession. Pels trailed most of this game. They trailed by 23 points. It was the second most um, points that they had trailed by, I guess, the second biggest comeback. I figure best way to probably put it. Uh, in franchise history, if you want to know the most, it was by one more point, 24 points. They were down to the Celtics February 21st, a year ago, 2021. And that is when... 
They made and came back down 24. So back down 23. Herb Jones a career high, 26 points, seven rebounds, three blocks, three assists. Spectacular. Um, also, you, you heard me mention he had three blocks. Well, he now has at least one block in 13 straight games. That ties Anthony Davis for the franchise record. You remember him? He used to be here. Um, so that's a pretty cool thing when you think about it. And, and it kind of just shows you what he's doing on the defensive end over and over again. One of our questions of the day is about really um, what we're seeing out of this team right now. And, and when you look at this team, Pels in October are one and six. Pels in November five and eleven. This is records. Pels in December seven and five. Coach Willie Green likes to break down the season in the groups of ten. One and nine. First ten games. Second group of ten, three and seven. Third group of ten, five and five in the last five games, they're four and one. They're playing better basketball. I mean, your eyes see it, right? You're, you're starting to get that identity <laughs> as to who they are and what they are. And, and I think that's going to be an interesting thing moving forward. W- what are we figuring out about this team? Willie Green. It's, uh, it's unbelievable, the character with this group. Uh, Jackson Hayes who hadn't been playing, played in a few G League games. Uh, I'm extremely proud of him. I told him in the locker room, this is preparation meets opportunity. Uh, he's been working his tail off. He's been receptive to everything that we're implementing. And to come out and have a game like that, it was a huge boost for our group. And I'm proud of that group. I'm proud of everyone. We just stuck with it. Uh, next man up. And we go into games believing that we can give ourselves an opportunity if we take care of the basketball and, and share the basketball with each other, which we did tonight. And, and I think one of the things that, you know, you hear him saying preparation meets opportunity. I go to uh, on our Twitter page is one of our questions of the day. What did last night's win tell you about the Pels? So on Twitter, Willie Green is the kind of coach that we have been looking for to lead this team for years. The players fight for him and brought into this and bought into his system. This is a coach we as a city finally can get behind. He's a few players away to being a playoff team. You go back to when the news started coming out. Remember we had Fletcher on. He was one of the first people to tweet that he was hearing that Willie Green's a name they're interested in and we're looking in. And let's be honest, and it is what it is. Sometimes the best things happen to who they are. And everything happens for a reason. And I've always said this a lot of times. Uh, my, my wife and I will have this discussion. You know, what if I would have taken a job out of college, out of state? What if, you know, after my days at WWL, I, I go out of state or move somewhere else? And, and, you know, she marries a guy that she was engaged to and all this other stuff. We never have Carver. We never would have the life that we live. So a lot of times things where we sometimes say, well, we wish we had done this or we wish we had that wouldn't have led to where we are. Willie Green wasn't the first, probably second or third name that I know of. I don't know, but the reports were, right, other names, bigger names, more established names. And once those guys like, you know, Jacques Vaughn and others turned it down or pulled themselves out of the, the running, the attention turned to maybe a, a top assistant or something of that nature. And that's when we started looking into his, I guess, young really coaching career. He's only been an assistant with two teams in really what five, six years. Now he won the he won the world championship with the with the with the Warriors. 
And during one of those games in the finals, Steve Kerr was asked about Willie Green. And see if I can find this bite here in a bit. But it was we played it when there was the coaching search for Willie. And Steve Kerr said he, he felt that he was going to be a star as a coach. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying he is, man. I'm not ready to call him Popovich, all right? I'm not ready to call him Steve Kerr. But he had been an assistant, I think, a year or two. And for the head coach to feel that he could do that, considering Steve Kerr as well and how he rose, um, I think it's because of communication and the ability to do that. Again, I've mentioned several times already on the broadcast that on the television broadcast, it was Antonio Daniels and, and David Wesley yesterday saying that they – you know, we're talking about Gary Clark and Jared Harper. And when they first got here, they literally just sat him down and asked him, what, what do you, what can you do? What can you do? What do you think you do best? And, and that's how they're going to use him. And I know it sounds simple, but I'm telling you, how many stories do we talk about our cover where a player is brought in and they have to acclimate? This is the system. This is what we run. Coach says, this is what you're going to do. And this is what you, this is what you are as opposed to, okay, well, Go do what you do and, and, and being comfortable enough and having that trust and guys that haven't played for you in a game that you got to have all these games because you started out one and nine. So like, like I said, I, I don't know if that was the name, or if that was the guy, but I'll never forget that day we had Fletcher on and Jordan and I are looking at each other in the studio. I'm like, okay, let's find out everything we, we need to know about this guy. And the more and more whether YouTube videos or interviews from the offseason, interviews during training camp, you just got a sense of, you know what? Why not? This actually may work, and and I think it maybe is the guy. It needs to be the guy. The more and more you thought about it, the more and more you saw interviews, I'm like, no, this is good. Um, and I don't know, man. Like I said, it, I know it's one game, and I and I know there is no, you know, that it's not going to, determine whether or not they win championships or not, but you have to start to build that culture. You have to start believing. And that next man up mentality, and you started hearing these players yesterday saying that, the Saints players have said that for a while because there's a culture where they truly believe that if it is your time to go up, you're expected to perform like the guy that you're going up for. And that's why the Saints have success. Now, this season we've seen, you can only next man up so many levels, and then you just don't have the equal talent. But I found it interesting to hear in post game last night um, the amount of people or a lot of players that were, were doing that. Here's Devonte Graham on Jackson Hayes. He stepped up, man. Uh, clearly, we were playing good ball. He was plus twenty two. Um, you know what I'm saying? So him in the game at the four, at the five. You know he was doing good things, um, and he's just active offensively, running the floor, defensively. You know, just his presence. You know, he alters shots and stuff like that. So. Uh, being able to switch one through four with them, uh, all those little things that, you know, a lot of people say, like I said, don't notice, but to us, it's, it's huge. And, and again, th- that, that support too, right? Cause a lot of times when you're trying to win, if a guy's not helping you, um, you know, do whatever. So, but you see that you see everybody kind of playing for one another. You've heard BI say that a ton, um, <laughs> as well. Garrett Temple, you know, here's a guy that literally, right? What, Come on, not not so long ago, two weeks ago, a week ago, we're like, oh my goodness, um, give the minutes to somewhere else. He maybe he rewarded 
the confidence and the faith that Willie Green had that we didn't. I know I didn't. Come on, let's be honest. I didn't. Um, he drops five threes, man, in the four, fourth quarter. Five. Five. Garrett Temple. Really big. Um, you know, G. Clark has been laying in wait for him to come in and start. It's, it's, it's great to have a guy that's, you know, we signed uh, that has played in this league a little bit before, has played that. Uh, I think Harp was really big for us in, you know, seven, eight minutes. Just having a guy that can get downhill. We didn't have that, like I said, obviously without Josh, but him being able to get downhill, put pressure on him in the paint. And I can't say enough about Jax, you know, not being in rotation, but uh, understanding to stay ready. Uh, him and Darnell Lazar has been doing a great job uh, keeping him ready, watching film on things that he can do. Um, it helped last game, I think, in OKC for him to get, get his feet wet. And then this game defensively, he was really big for us to be able to switch pick and rolls and uh, run the floor. Uh, it was really, I mean, he was a plus 22 tonight. So it, it showed that, you know, it's not about scoring. The things that he was doing on the floor really helped us. And that's where that veteran leadership sort of comes in that, again, you hear a lot of Willie Green talking about why he values a guy like Garrett Temple. The other aspect of it, too, is I loved afterwards, again, because the star was Garrett, was Herb Jones, uh, 26 points, career high, and just was phenomenal. Um, here's what he had to say about when he knew that Herb Jones was legit. It's crazy you say that. Mark is, in my opinion... In Herb's opinion, the best agent in the business. Shout out to Priority Sports. But and I, I talked to Mark today, and um, you know we just talked about the season. The first time, though, I called him. I called Mark Bartlestein after our first day in Nashville. Herb was actually guarding Jared Harper on the play and held him down the entire time. Uh, it was like a six-second span where he was trying to go one-on-one, and Herb ended up blocking his step-back three-point attempt. And I called Mark, and I said, you were right about this guy. Um, then got to know Herb as a person, and he's just the epitome of a great teammate, great player. I mean, it's, it's somebody that you want on your team. He's going to be in this league for a very, very long time. Uh, it's a lot of high praise, right, for sure. Uh, Neil on Twitter, at ESPN Radio, Nola, GCAT underscore one seven. Willie Green is the real deal, developing a new culture. And, again, it takes time. It's easy to look at 2021 what, we are 15 games in and, and seeing what Sean Payton has done with the Saints. It took him a bit. It took him a while. They had immediate nice success in 20, in 2006. And then, you know, had, had to find, uh, some solutions here and there to get to where they were in 2009 and didn't make the playoffs in 07 and 08. So it, it takes a little bit. And again, Sean in those seasons, in 07-08, actually had Drew Brees, actually had Colston. That didn't go through the injuries. Willie Green's coaching career started without Zion, and he hasn't had Brandon the whole time. Pretty impressive. Take a quick break. Let's turn our uh, attention to college basketball. LSU and Auburn. That's at 6 p.m. tonight on ESPN2, the voice of the Tigers, Chris Blair, in 15 minutes. But next, Mr. Corey Glory is the voice of the Green Wave. We'll talk about Memphis in Uptown New Orleans tonight on ESPN New Orleans. It's the Big Finish Sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. 
Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Sunrise in the blue skies Birds flying through paradise A little bit longer Another day stronger Somebody smiling down on me With those warm days and cooler nights Friends and family and candlelight Feels like I've been running But something better's coming Don't want to have to wait and see This feels like home It's where I want to be and all the troubles that come and go can never take you away. This feels like life, like it's meant to be. Cause when I see you smiling, you know I can't deny it. Feels like coming home to me. This feels like home. Rouse's Markets knows there's no place like home for the holidays. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Pick up the phone. We want you to be on the show. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengat. I feel like it's been a while. Just a Corey Glore voice of the Tulane Green Wave. You got a basketball game, Nicole, right? Are we still calling a game tonight? <laughs> How are you? As of, what, one sixteen Central Time, I have a game to call tonight. I'm doing well, Gus. I've missed you. I hope you had a good Christmas. I have. I had a good Christmas, and um, hopefully we'll have a better new year here as 2022 will not give us uh, so much to worry about. It's better than last year when it comes to the whole COVID situation. I think we understand it more. Corey, we're not at the spot where this time last year we were testing four or five times a day just in hopes that there was a game. But um, we did have a shutdown, right? Men and women's basketball programs. Memphis has had a shutdown as well. So they come into uptown New Orleans six and four, you guys three and six. But for both programs, it's really kind of like, well, let's see what happens tonight because neither programs really played in a while. This is very much a throw it all out there, whatever you have available type game for both teams because it's been 22 days since, Tulane last played a game, and Memphis is in, I think it's 15 days since they last played. So it, it really is, you know, some guys might not be available today for either side. I think mm-hmm. they're still figuring out who they actually have under their belts for tonight. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is very much a, just see how you feel after this. Like it's getting endurance back. I, you know, I talked to Ron Hunter uh, a few days ago, and he said, you know, this hasn't even really been much about getting schematics back in place. They got back on the floor Monday. Those are seeing who's physically capable of being on the floor right now for a squad. The obvious question, Corey, is how do you plan? How do you prep for this? And and I guess in that is how or what kind of shape is your team going to sort of be in, huh? Yeah, I mean, that because you enter a shutdown, 
you can't do any activities with the team until you are cleared. And so uh, it was Monday. Like, that's mm-hmm. when this team was finally able to get back together and figure out just what they have available to them and who can do what and who can do it for how long. And so that's why I think I think Coach Hunter is intrigued, maybe a little nervous about just what his team might look like tonight because he just has no idea. He doesn't know who's going to be able to run the gamut tonight. He doesn't know who's going to be able to guard home in one of the, the most talented teams in the nation. Um, and so I, and mentally is the other side of it, Gus, a start and then a stop. And it was a tricky start to the year for this team. And now you go on, on break for three weeks. Right. Um, re, restarting that claim is, is also on his mind. So uh, you're right. This is not just getting back to the floor. It's, it, you're starting the season over almost right now. And I think it's pretty fascinating what this group might look like tonight. Yeah, legitimately, uh, three games were canceled since we last talked. Texas A&M University, uh, Grambling State, and in UNO, of course. And, you know, and I guess that's the thing, right? Because I would be asking you along the same lines of like we, we did with baseball and, 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 you know, in a couple months ago and stuff where, you know, you, you're three and six in non-conference play and now, but here's conference play and every coach will look at it as, okay, this is another season. This is what really matters non-conference you're trying to find out things get answers to be better for when conference play starts and that's tonight right i mean so you almost kind of do approach it as the start of a new season yeah the old adage Gus, is, is conference plays the second season of the year well this this truly feels like it like this feels like a completely new season now for this group i mean it, it, I mean, the, their last game against Charleston feels like it was forever ago, to the point where it's almost not worth talking about because it was almost a month ago. And so now this is, you have 18 games until you get to the conference tournament. Hopefully you have 18. Um, who knows what happens down the line here. But now this, this is it. This is now the sprint to, to trying to get this put back together. And you lost a couple of really trials before that to try and figure out just what this team can truly be. So it, it, it's not ideal. There's no question. And the opponent you're seeing tonight can give you plenty of fit. Um, they've also looked really poor at times. It's hard right. to been able to put your finger on what Memphis is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we don't know who's available for them either. They went into COVID after Tulane did. So who knows how many guys they have available to them. So um, th- tonight is really just a, um, it, it's truly strange, I think, what tonight could be. You know, it's interesting you brought that up because I, I do feel like already earlier in the season, people that cover Memphis with Penny Hardaway, a lot of those tweets from reporters were, well, how many top players does Penny Hardaway need to actually just be, you know, a decent basketball team and stuff? I kind of get the sense and feel that there was, there was an excitement when he got the job. Obviously, Wiseman's situation, you know, he's there, then he's ineligible. And then it's almost like, look, these guys bringing in the guys, but it almost feels like they're they're waiting to see the fruits of, of, of all of this. Am I wrong on that? No, you're you're bang on. I mean, it is treated so seriously there. Memphis basketball is the thing in that city. And, uh, and when Penny came over to take that job, I mean, that was they were thrilled about it. They still love them. There's no question. And I don't think they've soured on anything just yet. But it's hard not to look at the previous three years of his coaching there and see a team that's been good, but a team that for the talent that he's been able to bring in 
has underachieved. They, they haven't made an NCAA tournament. They might have in the COVID year that got right. that got shut down before the, the conference tournament start. But they won an NIT last year. That's two NIT appearances for him. Uh, you know, they finished 20 wins on the year, but they, they want more. They expect more there. And I think the question has always been for, for everyone else around the league watching Memphis is, Penny can bring in the talent. Can he put it together as a team? And, and that's what I think is still up in the air here for. And that's why he brings in a Larry Brown as an assistant coach and, and, and a guy with that level of coaching ability and his Hall of Fame career that probably helped he did that. Right. And he can bring in guys like Amani Bates and Jalen Duran and first-round lottery take type guys, um, but can he mold them into a team like a Mike Krzyzewski's been able to do or John Calipari's been able to do? That's where Larry Brown probably comes in. That's incredible when you think about it. I completely forgot about that. You're right. I mean, when you start bringing in guys like that and Larry Brown and coach, uh, for sure. And when you look at Tulane side of things, I mean, to, to use the phrase you just used of, you know, looking to do what, what, what is coach Ron Hunter looking out of his ball club here as conference play starts? I mean, I think these first couple of games, Gus, are really to get their feet back underneath them. I mean, that's, that's where they are right now. I think he has, uh, been disappointed in some of the defensive side of the things in recent games. Uh, and, and that's what Ron Hunter needs to really get shored up that, that, you know, pressure attack zone, the matchup zone that he loves, um, has been suspect, uh, heading into conference play. And so, I think, you know, not having those final three games in non-conference play, the team was still figuring each other out by that point. And now they have to figure it out with Memphis and Cincinnati coming up this week. And, and that's easier said than done. So um, I think he, he's looking for better defense in that matchup zone, guys being in the right spot when it comes to playing that matchup zone. And then you're still begging for some more outside scoring because you haven't been able to get it consistently in I think they were hoping that some of the transfers like Devon Baker and Scott Spencer were going to provide that and they haven't been able to yet. I'd like to say you can go back a year ago when conference play, I believe, opened up, you know, a two-lane at Memphis. And, you know, it was, it was a pretty good game, a close game. But, again, two different teams when you have so many different talent coming in and things of that nature. And then you just kind of wonder um, what this game is sort of going to be like. Well, what are you expecting game-wise tonight? I think this game is going to be really sloppy for the first 10, 12 minutes. Uh, and then uh, I think whichever team finds its defensive rhythm is going to be able to take charge of this game. But what, for all the talent Memphis has, they win when they play a lockdown defense like they did against Alabama in their last effort. Um, and, and that is what their calling card was last year when they were winning games. They were one of the best defensive teams in the country. Right. Ron Hunter prides his team on defense. And so if there's a, if one of these teams can find their footing defensively first, I think that will start opening up the, the floodgates a little bit on the offensive side of the floor. I can't imagine there's a ton of points coming tonight with, with just how much time's been in between games for these two. That's Corey Glore, voice of the two-lane green wave at Corey Glore is a way to follow over on Twitter. 7 o'clock, right, tonight? 7 o'clock in Uptown? 7 o'clock, Uptown, New Orleans, Gus. 
I, I, good luck, man. I, <laughs> this should be fun. Let's see what happens. I, I'm just excited. There's a game. Like I, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I got a game tomorrow. I'm, and I, I even yeah. text my SID. I'm like, we are still playing, right? <laughs> it feels like it's been forever since I've called the game. So I'm ready. I don't, I don't know if I remember how. We're going to find out tonight. Yeah, just, you know, it's, it's, what is it? It's points, not touchdowns. It's, but no, we're good. You know what you're doing. Uh, thanks for your time, man. Stay safe and we will talk soon. Corey Glor, voice of the two lingering wave. When we come back, we will focus on a battle of Tigers. LSU, they're ranked 16th in the country, 12 and 0. Auburn, 11 and 1. Opening up SEC play, they're ranked 11th in the country. And they have owned the Bengal Tigers in the Plains for quite some time. We'll touch on that when we come back. Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Tigers, next on ESPN New Orleans. Someday, somewhere, yeah, now. Someday, somewhere, maybe I'll understand you. A new name, a new era. TGMC is now Terrebonne General Health System. This change reflects our transition to more of an all-around healthcare partner rather than just a healthcare provider. With new facilities, new innovations, and new ways to help you, we've done more than change our name. We've changed our future. To see what's new at Terrebonne General Health System, visit tghealthsystem.com. Your life is mobile. So is your bank. As a state bank and trust company account holder, you can check your balances, view transactions, transfer funds, and pay bills anywhere or anytime with state bank and trust companies' online banking or mobility app. Call or stop by any state bank and trust location for all the details. State bank and trust company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. Wonder if you should get tested for colorectal cancer? Well, it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., and screening helps prevent it. So if you're 50 or older, it's time. Even if it doesn't run in your family, most often colorectal cancer occurs in people with no family history. And it doesn't always cause symptoms, especially early on. So don't wait for symptoms to get tested. Screening helps prevent the disease by finding precancerous polyps so they can be removed. Remove the polyp, prevent the cancer. Screening also helps find colorectal cancer early when treatment works best. You might be thinking, oh no, not that test. But here's the thing, you have options. There's more than one screening test. Talk to your doctor to find the one that's right for you. No more excuses. If you're over 50, get tested. Because colorectal cancer screening really does save lives. A message from HHS and CDC's Screen for Life campaign. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. You're home for Pelicans basketball. We've been talking about the big win of the Pels last night as uh, they came back down 23 and uh, picked up win 13 on the season. We'll get back to that here in a quick second, but we are focusing on college basketball. We just spoke with Corey Glory, voice of the Green Wave. They're back in action against Memphis tonight, and it's a battle of Tigers over in the plains of Auburn, Alabama. LSU and Auburn tonight, 6 o'clock ESPN 2 is where you can go catch it. The 16th-ranked Bayou Bengals taking on the 11th-ranked Auburn Tigers. Voice of your LSU Fighting Tigers, Mr. Chris Blair. You can follow him on Twitter at LSU Tigers Voice. Chris, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, Gus. Just finishing up a little lunch here, getting ready to head back and 
get ready and head over to Auburn Arena for what I know is going to be a really great college basketball game. I was going to say, it definitely has that big game feel, doesn't it? And obviously, we, we touched on it briefly when we would speak to you on Thursdays during the college football season. Oh, hey, basketball is next week. Basketball is underway. And now we're starting league play. But before we talk about tonight, how about we get to how we got to tonight? Because the last time the Tigers were on the court, it was a win. But Will Wade was not happy. He was not happy after the game. And he specifically said, it's because I know what's coming at Auburn. And then he went through a list of reasons why he was not happy with LSU's 11th win. Well, yeah, and I think it starts with protecting the basketball. I mean, that that really has stuck in his crawl just for the last several weeks, uh, even though LSU, for the most part, has been able to pull away late and, and win games uh, by double digits and, and also defensively not allow but three teams this year to score 60 points or more. Uh, but again, Looking ahead, he knew that, you know, and number one, Auburn is a great offensive team with a ton of athletes, not only in their starting five, but they can go eight, nine, ten deep uh, with scores. Uh, and so when you turn the ball over, two, two things. Number one, it takes away opportunities for your scores to get to the rim. Uh, and secondly, it gives a team who, you know, again, knows what to do with a basketball more opportunity. Most coaches will tell you when you go on the road, you're, you're probably already down eight to ten points before the game starts. Auburn, I think, is, uh, probably has even more of an advantage here in their building. You may start the game down by 16 or more that you have to overcome mm. being on the road. So you start turning the ball over, and, and things are not going to go well. So, you know, the other thing that, that Coach talked about was, you know, Auburn's only given up 70-plus points twice this year. One game they lost in double overtime to UConn and to St. Louis a couple of weeks or a week ago. Um, so he's kind of held to the belief that you have to hold under double-digit turnovers on the road and you need to score 70-plus. Now, you look at LSU and you think, okay, well, that should be an easy pass. Well, it's, it's not going to be uh, simply because Auburn does play a little bit of defense. They're kind of known for offense, but um, they play pretty good defense. They turn you over, they get out and run. So that's why, regardless of that score last week against Lipscomb, uh, coach was not happy. And the best thing is, is if you listen to the players after the game, they, they've come to expect that. Right. Uh, so it's, it's not a shock to them. It sometimes shocks us, uh, but not the players. They're used to it. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Auburn's success over there, the home arena. It's hard to believe, what, 2016 was the last time that LSU won over there. When you look back at some of those games, Chris, is it is it what you just said? Because it was interesting how you just said that, that you may start the game and – you're down 12-16. So is that kind of what stands out in your mind that when you play Auburn at Auburn, it's a game that you gotta you got to breathe and just make it through the first half almost? Well, well, I think a lot of times when they build new arenas, they talk to the construction people, they talk to the architects. Not sure how many times they talk to the coaches, but they obviously did here at Auburn as they were planning this thing around 2008-2009, opened I think 2010-11. Uh, and that was that the farthest seat from the floor is 43 feet, and the highest that any seat is is 27 feet from the floor. Now, you put all that together, and people say they're on top of you in an arena. They're on top of you at Auburn Arena. They're on top of us courtside. They're on top of the team on the bench. And there's really a sense that you could really reach out and touch the players sitting in your seats as a fan. Uh, so it is, uh, you know, Will Wade says it without any question. And we play in some pretty tough venues. Uh, with some really good teams. But, you know, for his money, he, he makes no bones about it. The toughest place to play on the road is Auburn Arena. It also helps that Bruce Pearl is 
you know, more times than not has a really talented team. And boy, does he have this year. I mean, projected, a projected first round draft pick in Jabari Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, put a couple of transfers together from North Carolina, from the University of Georgia. Um, I mean, that's why. I mean, it's a tough place to play. The fans will be in it. There'll be 9,000 plus tonight. Um, but they got a pretty good team to help build the pressure inside that pressure cooker every night they're here. In fact, I think they've won 38 non-conference uh, basketball games at home in a row. Mm. That's how you sell season tickets, Chris, that's for sure. Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers. You mentioned Jabari Smith. 16.2 points is what he averages, but he also brings in seven boards. What stands out to you? Like, How would you describe him to people that maybe haven't seen him until tonight? He's just got the complete game. I mean, he's got the size, his athleticism. Uh, he can play in the half-court set. He can work down in the post. Uh, good ball skills, obviously, just like his father. Um, and then, you know, he's got a little mid-range jumper. I mean, he's been, there's going to be 12, I think 11 or 12 NBA scouts of, uh, of the 30-plus teams are going to be here tonight uh, watching not only Jamari Smith but, but others, including LSU's players. But um, that's why. I mean, he's, he's just that consistent. I mean, you almost can book down those numbers you just talked about every time he takes to the floor. And, of course, if he has a big night, or you're unable to defend him, he'll go for a lot more than 16 points. Um, he's just the all-around package. And, again, I think most people feel like when the NBA draft comes up, he decides to go, he'll, he'll be the first pick. It's interesting because, obviously, you know, the Tigers have Darius Days and a couple of other guys that are on the offensive aspect of it. But you mentioned the defensive end, LSU holding opposing teams, not even 60 points so far this season. And you kind of get that sense and feeling that that's kind of be one of the things to keep an eye on, right? Auburn's going to want to get out there to averaging, what, 80 points at their place. LSU's been able to play defense. And when I talked to you about the Tigers before, you keep mentioning that that's kind of, that's what they're going to be known for this year. They, they want to play it. They like to play it. And that's going to be one of their calling cards this year, huh? Yeah, I think when you watch Auburn, I've had a chance to see a number of their games and watch some of the film with the team here at the hotel. But the times they have struggled, it has been against physical nature teams. UConn was a physical nature team. They were able to outgut them in the Bahamas to get that double overtime win. St. Louis was very physical. And what I mean by physical is not necessarily just, you know, big guys and, and, and crowding the paint. I'm talking about on the ball defense, defending every pass, challenging every move by the ball carrier. Um, and that's what LSU has done. So I think that's where you kind of hang your hat if you're LSU coming into this game is that let's see, Auburn, again, can score 80-plus points, but how do they do when you give them a little bit of friction? And, you know, Xavier Pinson has shown he's an incredible on-the-ball defender for LSU. Uh, Eric Gaines coming in off mm-hmm. the bench has done the same. And really, you look at all of the guys, the, the eight guys that rotate, they're all very disciplined on-the-ball defenders, uh, which allows for the type of defense LSU runs there's not a whole lot of last-minute switching. I mean, they switch, obviously, because they trust each guy, but there's not a lot of late-minute help defense uh, because it's just very difficult to get a guy on an angle uh, the way they defend the basketball. So I think that's what you have to hang your hat on mm-hmm. um, if you're LSU tonight defensively against the team that, yeah, as you said, they'd like to put the ball in the cylinder. It's kind of an interesting start as well for the Tigers in conference play, isn't it? I mean, right now, Kentucky's ranked 18th. That's the next opponent on the 4th of January. The 8th, it's Tennessee right now. They're ranked 14th. So you're going to be facing three ranked opponents, more than likely, in the SEC to, to start things off. So I guess we, we, we're really going to get to know. I mean, look, you, you see this is the best start since 1999, and now maybe I'm starting to understand why Coach Will Wade is the way he is right now. 
he maybe sees what kind of talent you are and he knows what, what's coming right now and to start the conference play. And, you know, you don't want to start out with three in conference play. No, I mean, I, I think that when you look at LSU and people can say, well, look at the strength of schedule. Okay, let's look at strength of schedule. And more importantly, let's look at strength of schedule non-conference at the end of the year. But if you look at how LSU is winning those games, as I said, they've only given up 60 or more points three times in the first 12 games of the season. So I think that's why you have to be optimistic. Yes, the road's going to be tough to start SEC play. They certainly didn't get any favors from the SEC office. Uh, but, you know, John Brady says it all the time, uh, defense will travel. And uh, I know in college football these days, people wonder if defense still wins championships. Well, I know for a fact in college basketball, defense still wins championships. Uh, so I, I think that's why LSU is optimistic, regardless of the tough start of the season. And as I told Will Wade just about an hour ago, leaving the hotel, as a coach, there's no reason to dip your toe into the, the kitty pond. Let's, let's jump right in head first into the defense. And he's taking that on. He's, he's kind of translated that to the team. Um, this is going to be a tough road, but we're built for it. Let's go get it. Give me a stat, Chris, as we wrap up to keep an eye on tonight when the game tips off at 6. I think 70 points. I mean, Will told me that okay. Wednesday night. Uh, he then quickly told me this is why. Uh, because, again, you're playing on the road, and, and he feels like, as I mentioned earlier, uh, at minimum you're, you're double digits down before you start the game in this type of atmosphere. Um, and you need to get to 70 points. Um, again, if you can get there, play defense the way we've been accustomed to, uh, mm-hmm. I think this game's probably going to be somewhere in that mid-70s range when all is said and done. I think LSU also has to be able to hit some threes. Now, you can't expect them to knock down 12 and shoot 55% from beyond the arc. That's not who this team is. But it is a team that's better than 23 or 25% from beyond the arc. Um, and he's not no problem with them shooting threes as long as they're good threes, inside-outside threes, maybe some transition threes with open looks. Um, but I think you're going to have to hit some of those. Uh, you don't have to knock down 12, but I think anywhere from 6 to 8, uh, for this LSU team would be would, would bode well for them. So I'm going to keep an eye on the three-point field goal stat, obviously the field goal stat, and hoping LSU can get 70 or more. All right, there you go. Easy enough to check it out. And, Chris, five days away until there's football to call here as well. you have any idea who the starting quarterback is going to be yet? That seems to be the the question that we don't know. <laughs> no, not yet. I, I've okay. talked to a few people in football that are still kind of evaluating, and uh, I was told I'd have some kind of, ni- of an idea of – what our two people look back when I get to town late tonight and get to, uh, okay. working on football tomorrow. So may have something before uh, the New Year's holiday. We'll see. What's well, better than game day, Chris? It's better than showing up. And, oh, yeah. No you know, I mean, no complaining. <laughs> I got four whole days. I'm good. Hey, what, what do you make quickly out of the SEC not winning a bowl game yet? I think 0-4. Uh, well, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm just of the opinion that the, the playoffs going to have to expand. Uh, and it's going to have to expand in a big way because I think what we're seeing now is the, 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 the whittling away, if you will, of, of, of bowls that are, I don't want to say meaningless because I know the players that go there and play and the coaches sure. prepare for it, they put everything into it. Mm-hmm. But when you've got so many guys who have decided, yeah, I'm not going to go to that bowl or this bowl, and if our mm-hmm. team goes to this bowl, I'm not interested in playing, I'm going to move on. I mean, over time, and we've seen it over the last couple of seasons, it's getting more and more. I think you just got to go to where playing in the postseason still means something and you can achieve something. Um, and so I think that, you know, some of these bowls we're watching 
uh, even today. Uh, I don't know how long they're going to last uh, here over the next couple of years. Otherwise, I think the product becomes watered down in the month of December. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. At LSU Tigers, voice is the way to follow Mr. Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers. Thank you so much for your time today. Enjoy the call. We'll be tuning in on the SEC Radio Network. And if you want to check it on ESPN and sync it, go ahead and do so. ESPN 2 is where the game will be aired on television, 6 p.m. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate the time. You got it, Gus, anytime. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year's to you as well. Quick break. We come back. Open phone lines. You want to talk about the Pels. You want to talk about the Saints. No work today. Sean Payton giving the players the day off. COVID rattling the Panthers facility. We'll touch on that as well. The numbers increasing over there in Charlotte. The sports hangover in ESPN New Orleans. Happy holidays from Greg LeBlanc Toyota. It's a festive time of year, and you can celebrate with fresh new inventory arriving daily. There's great holiday deals at Greg LeBlanc. Amazing stocking stuffers like keys to the all-new redesigned 2022 Tundra. It may be cold outside, but these holiday deals are red hot and won't last long. Greg LeBlanc Toyota, South Hollywood Road in Homa, or online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. Santa may have the sleigh, but Greg's got the holiday deals. Shop now. When you're sick, you want to be close to home. World-class medicine doesn't require a trip to the city because the best care is close to home at Thibodeau Regional. We're continually adding new services, and our team of physicians has grown to more than 250. That's a lot of doctors. More doctors, more services, treating more conditions. And keeping more families healthy. World-class medicine, right here, close to home at Thibodeau Regional. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Hold me back. That's an NBA thing. I want to fight you, but I want to make sure my you know, name is hold me you know back. You know where else is a hold me back? Another is in boxing. So I'm watching the Ali documentary, and they had a lot of hold me backs in there. You know, because this was the first time they started doing those press conferences, joint deals, and Ali was challenging the dudes. But I'm like, but he really was, don't really want to mess up that pretty face. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> Ali and Frazier once got into it. Yeah. In in a television interview, they stood up. Ali threw yeah, him in I a know, headlock. But it wasn't the head. They showed the footage, but it wasn't even really no real headlock. It was kind of like a, you know, because he could have went to work on him if it was if he really wanted to. I once asked Jalen Rose about this. So I'm clowning NBA players for always to hold me back, and he had the best answer I ever heard about this. He's like, Max, how do we make a living with our hands? Like, not trying to jeopardize our hands. GJ and Max, followed by Greeny. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. If you'd like to chime into the conversation, Buddy will be taking your phone calls. Again, uh, we have a ton uh, to, to talk about there. LSU fans, uh, for your hoops, man, what are you thinking about this year? I think it is a, a big game to sort of see because, look, you have an idea on your team, and obviously you're ranked 16th for a reason. But, you know, obviously tonight it's a test. Let's see. Let's see how you perform in that environment. Let's see how they sort of do that. And, again, it's Auburn, it's Kentucky, it's Tennessee, your first three SEC opponents. They're all ranked. So let's see what's got. You know, uh, what Will Wade has for his team this year. I know Matt Moscona is very high on this team. He routinely says on his show, which follows us here on ESPN New Orleans, that 
He thinks this team's going to give a lot of teams fits simply because they do like to play defense and they want to play defense. Defense, a reason the Pelicans improved the 13 and 22. You know, Herb Jones continues to just make play after play and just really stand out on the defensive end. And again, I, I, one of the questions of the day is what did that win sort of tell you? And, and I think it tells you a lot about the team and, and how they view one another and how they play for one another and, the fact that Willie Green, I think, is connecting with some of these players. But, you know, again, as I said it with Andrew Lopez earlier today on the show, I, I, Herb Jones is a story this year. I mean, like, he's the story to me. I, I know the story for the 2021 Pelicans is Zion hasn't played yet. I understand that. But I'm talking about from a, not even a positive aspect, but what's the next story? And it's gotta be the find that you found in a second round pick. And again, I'm not saying that to disrespect the guy, but no one expected that. And that's what I'm saying. That sort of led to another question of the day I was kind of having. Is there a Saints player? And I know maybe it's early because, you know, Herb Jones literally is in his, what, third month of his rookie season. But I wonder if, you know, if there are a player that maybe he could project to be. Give me a Saints player that you think he might project to be. Maybe this is the best way or who he's remind you of. I asked Scott Prather this of ESPN 1420 Lafayette, and he said, you know, Jari Evans. Jari Evans, late round pick, uh, came in, and all he did was put together six all-pro seasons. He thinks he'll be in Canton one day. I'm not saying that that's what Herb's going to be. But I, I don't think you can discount two things yesterday on social media. The amount of people that were following the Pelicans on Twitter and every time the Pels would put something on Garrett Temple, the responses were fantastic. They put together this video, 444 to play, and it was Herb Jones doing it on the offensive end and defensive end. defensive side of the basketball. You kept saying it. Gary Temple. Individual defensive discipline which led to an air ball by Ricky Rubio. And Herb Jones getting his Josh Hart on. Super highway. Coast to coast. And the guys had a blast calling that game. But yeah, that made it a two-point game. 95-93. Again, the Pelicans eventually won. They were down 23 points. But <laughs> did you look at the comments on that? Dylan was the first one. We need the jersey. In all caps. Get his city jersey in stock. Ford said on Twitter. And it's it's incredible. You, you start seeing the amount of people saying, give me the jersey. So the Pelicans eventually, I think the bird right said, uh, screenshotted them trying to buy or find Herb Jones in the NBA store's jersey. And <laughs> the... um. It said, sorry, no results found. And the Pelicans said, we're going to change that real soon. So, again, that just really sort of tells you the impact, man. The impact that he's having. It's it's pretty incredible, the impact that he's having. And I think it's cool that people want to wear his jersey. Yeah, here it is. We hear you. It's coming. Pelicans. The bird rights. Uh, 
And Ali Costell, of course, is part of that. He says, Dear at Pelicans NBA, fixed at ASAP. And it says, Sorry, your search for Herb Jones jersey did not match any products. So that that's coming. Think about that, though. Second-round pick, guy who wasn't seen as a starter. Fans literally want to buy his jersey. Just, just think of that impact. That is a tremendous impact. And we've already said this, right? As we're moving forward and we're looking at the different pieces, we're looking at the the building blocks. What 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 is going to be the Pelicans? And you you know, obviously Valanciunas again another double double night last night, and you know, fifteen points, ten rebounds. I, I like what Devonte Graham is doing for this team. Eighteen points, five rebounds, five assists. Uh, you you. See the mentality there late. He likes being able to play there late, make big shots, big free throws. This team, by the way, hit some huge free throws last night to win this game. Jonas knocking down a couple of sets of free throws. Graham knocking down some free throws as well. But, you know, again, Valanciunas, you know what Brandon Ingram's been able to do. Had a nice stretch before this Achilles soreness injury. Valanciunas, Graham. And you saw occasionally what Nikhil Alexander-Walker can do and his capability it's about being consistent, but guy can go off for a couple of shots and you can't take Herb Jones off the floor. I, I just, I, I think he gives you an element defensively and it gives you an element that you simply can't take off the floor. And then Zion comes in. You know, I text this to the graph last night and again, <clears throat> maybe I was a little more excited than I should have or, or maybe it's founded. I don't know. 800-998-1003. Tell me, uh, Gary, I'll get to you. In, 30 seconds. I, I think, as I text Ty last night, if Zion comes back, or, or Zion with this quote-unquote, I'm not going to say cast, because at this point, he has to acclimate into them. They're not supporting cast. These guys are winning because of them. So if you add Zion to this group, and then B.I. play the way he was, I mean, that that's a, that's a five to seven, to maybe eight group of guys. I think they can compete every night, and I think that's all you want. I don't know if you win every night, but can you compete? Are you going to make it difficult? Are you going to make it tough when a team takes to the court to play you? And that's what Willie Green said on his first day in his press conference. He wanted teams to go, darn, we're playing the Pelicans, and and, and to know what that means. And in the past, we know what that means, right? We look at the schedule. Oh, boy, it's Spurs. Here we go. Cut and, you know, drive and kick, and, you know, they're going to be fundamental. They're going to rebound. Like, you know when you play certain teams what their DNA is going to be. Gary, thanks for calling the show, sir. How are you today? All right. Hey, Gus, do you have any idea who's going to start for the Saints Sunday? In what position? All of them. All the ones that were missing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would say this. If you did not test positive for COVID over the weekend, I would assume you're in, right? So Taysom Hill, and remember, remember yesterday the NFL and the NFLPA agreed to change it now to five days. So let's say Quan Alexander tested positive Sunday, five days. Let's do the finger counting here. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is five days. You should have Quan Alexander Demario Davis back. You should have Taysom Hill back. If Ryan Ramchek is healthy, he was on the COVID list, you should have him back. That's Again, clearly Vegas is thinking a good amount, Gary, because they are six and a half point favorites. They, they didn't, they couldn't score last week. <laughs> they, they are six and a half point favorites. So I think, you know, as Sean Payton said this morning, and I played it a little bit ago, I'll do it at the top of the hour, that 
literally the phone is pinging every other now and then, and it's two players are off the list. Another player is off the list. So maybe that's why oh, he, didn't even, he didn't have practice today because you don't know who's going to be available for you. It actually makes sense. It, it, that's a smart decision by Coach Payton. Go rest, and then let's see at the end of the day who's available, and we can actually have practice yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, and i got two more questions for you real fast. Does Michael Thomas play for the Saints next year? I think so. I think so from a couple of aspects of this, right? Um, what is the trade value on both ends? And if, you know, A, a, a team that would be trading for him, literally it's his third season since he broke the record and he was good. You know, two seasons ago he didn't play much. This year he didn't play. And, you know, next year's year three. So that's three years removed. You're not getting anything of value it's actually more value for you to keep him because you don't have any receivers. So he's got to play. You, you, you got to throw him out there and hopefully he plays well. And then there's more value if that's the case. And at this point in time, you just, you know, I, I can't figure as to why if I'm him, I wouldn't want to play here or not unless he thinks that the reason he hasn't played the last two seasons is based on the Saints. If that's the case, then that's a different situation. But I, I have a hard time thinking that we wouldn't have heard Something along those lines already, right? We would have in today's day and age, TMZ, Instagram, or hell, him on social media would have said, you know what? I'd be catching those passes, but you know, we got Frankenstein in them at the facility who can't diagnose me. So I haven't heard. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Now, now here's the other last thing. What, what is the deal? I mean, Teron Olmstead is hurt more times than he's ever in. I just don't get it. He's always hurt. It's unfortunate, but as, you know, you, you can say the following, and it's accurate. When healthy, he's a dominant left tackle. When healthy, um, you saw a couple games ago, you know, uh, what was it, I guess the Jets or whatever, he cleared a spot for a touchdown run. When healthy. But but that's that's the thing. Unfortunately, Teron Armstead, as a New Orleans Saint, is known as a player that you, you would start with when healthy. Right. Right. That's right, so, right, yeah. Right. I mean, when, when healthy, and you're gonna have to make a decision because, again, it's a lot of money uh, at the end of the season. Where do you go? But at the same time, we all watched last week, so <laughs> either have a left tackle or you don't, Gary. <laughs> you know, what I mean, well, so you know, you know, uh, what's his name? Mike Detelier was saying on the other night. I listen to Mike, but um, sometimes I don't. I don't know where Mike's going with some things. He says mm-hmm. that um, the Miami defense is fabulous. They took care of the Saints. I mean, what? what we never had anybody in, in, in we never had any offensive line. I mean, what is he saying? I don't get it. <laughs> well, they are a good defense. They lead the league in sacks. So that did, that does help. So you can get the, the, you can, I think both statements are accurate. You can say the Miami defense is fabulous. They, they are sacking the quarterback a ton. And then you could also say the offensive line's garbage right now for the Saints. I mean, you can, you can say both. And then you know what that gets you, Gary? Eight sacks. That's what I get you. You get, you get a exactly not so right. good. That's exactly right. You get a not so good offensive line, a good defensive line, and you throw in a rookie QB in his first snaps, and you get eight sacks and three points. I mean, that's that's what happens. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate right. it, buddy. Thank happy you, Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Hour three next. Thank we'll talk you. with Sean Fox. Bottom of the hour. Coming up at 2.15, Ralph Marlborough, his thoughts on what it was like to watch Monday Night Football. Plus, again, still want to hear from you. G- give me a Saints player that maybe um, Herb Jones reminds you of. I went with Pierre Thomas. 
We'll talk about that next on ESPN New Orleans. Dreaming of adventure beyond your backyard? NerdWallet can help you.